Thank you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and his word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. Okay, repeat after me really, really loud. Today. Today. Louder. Today. Today. The Holy Spirit Spirit. is going to speak to me me about witnessing. I'm going to let that marinate right there. Just get us, mm-hmm. After today, After today I, will I will know and fully understand, fully understand that God has given me, God has given me a, personal story a personal story to tell people, to tell people that, I know that I know and that I don't know that, don't know, that, care, that care and don't care about where God's brought me from. After today, today, I'm going to talk a little bit more more about what God has done for me. After today, today, I'm going to tell my story a little bit more more than I've told it in the past. After today, today, I may get on somebody's nerves, but I have to tell my story because what he's done for me cannot be hidden. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark, the gospel according to St. Mark, chapter number five. Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter number five. I'm going to read several verses uh, in your hearing, and then uh, we'll see what the Lord would say. But Mark, chapter number five, I'm starting from the first verse, reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Here's what it says. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, A man possessed by an evil spirit came out from a cemetery to meet him. Let's just stop right there. Can you imagine? You get off a cruise ship. And the first person that's coming to see you is a butt naked man with demons. (laughs) Hello. This man lived among the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him and bowed low Before him, get this, with a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? With a shriek, he screamed. Please read the Bible in context. It would be much more interesting that way. In the name of God, my precious, I beg you, do not. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion. Because there are many of us inside this man. (sighs) Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into the pigs. The spirits begged, let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. 
The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down a steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. And they were all afraid. Now, why would they be afraid now? (laughs) When he was naked and howling and shrieking and cutting. But, but, but now that he's, he's, he's clothed and in his right mind, they're afraid. Some people are so used to who you used to be. I just want to put that right there. Um, then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the 10 towns of that region and became and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Oh, that's so good. If you're taking notes, the title of this message is simply Stretch Witness. Stretch Witness. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, help us to stretch our witness. Amen. This narrative that we've just read uh, is beautiful and chaotic. It is wonderful and it is befuddling. Can can you imagine being with Jesus? And if you were were to read uh, the way Mark's narration flows, they just came off of uh, the worst boat ride in recent history. A storm broke out. They were completely panicked. Jesus shows up and calms the scene. When they get to their destination. Can you imagine after almost feeling like you're going to die in a storm, you make it to shore. There has to be a little bit of relief. Oh, thank God, because we almost died out there. Can you imagine coming out of a bad season of your life and you feel like you finally see the shores of safety, but, but, but there to meet you on the shores of safety is a naked man filled with demons. Has everybody, anybody ever been in a season of your life where you feel like you're just not catching a break? You're like, you're not going from like glory to glory. You're going from gory to gory. Like the L is gone, right? You just, can, is there an L that can be inserted into my gory story? I need glory right now. I don't need gory right now. I just almost died on a boat and now there's a demon possessed man in a cemetery. How is this for Ministry of Tourism? How is this for welcome to our land? Jesus gets off of this boat. This man is here. Jesus had already seen him from afar off. And the way scripture uh, uh, shares it, what we don't see is that Jesus had already, uh, upon seeing him, told the demons to come out of this man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
soon as he saw him. And, and, and the demons understood the authority that was speaking to them. Let me just pause and say, when you have real authority, you don't have to scream for 22 minutes trying to talk to a demon. Authority means that you can stand flat footed and speak. And if they recognize the authority, they will submit to that authority. Jesus said, come out of the man. They started begging, please don't make us leave this region. We are doing good here. Your presence is nowhere to be found. And so we don't even have to uh, uh, be in, because I mean, it's, it's a legion of demons, right? You would think there would be one for at least 2,000 citizens, right? They're like, no, 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 no. All we needed to get is in the right one, and the rest of the whole city is in fear. Yeah. See, demons don't have to occupy every person in a territory, just a few people to make everybody else in that territory be paralyzed with fear and not move. These are regional Spirits that have claimed this territory and they know the real authority has just shown up. They know that Isaiah 9 authority has just showed up. The government is on his shoulders, not intimidated by anything that's going on. He says, come out of the man. And they're like, no, please don't make us go. And he says, who are you? (laughs) Baby, co-signing on my message. It's great. (laughs) Love it. He says, who are you? We are legion, for we are many. And here's here's Jesus' response to that. Like completely unimpressed, just, "Mm, you're many. Great. Mm -hmm. It's such an awkward thing, they start talking next. Because he doesn't say anything after they say that. So they're like, Um, is it okay if we go into the pigs? They suggested that. Jesus didn't suggest that. <laughs> there was like, a, a, it was a standoff. And like, we, Legion, because we are many. He's like, mm, great. They're like, um, we'll, can we go, we'll go into the pigs. Can we go into the pigs? And he's like, you can go into the pigs. Now, now what happens next is, is tremendous. They, 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 they jump out of this one man's body into about 2,000 pigs. And, 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 and within minutes, those pigs run down a steep hill, jump into a lake, and drown. Rewind. Those demons were in one man. Don't you think their intention was to do with that man what was done to those pigs? How did this man live with for weeks, months, possibly years with something that these pigs couldn't live with for minutes? How many times did this man cut on himself and not hit a major artery and bleed out? How long had he been walking through uh, the tomb naked, no clothing on and not freeze to death? How was he able to live through something that, that these pigs died in? Well, well, well the, 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 the man had an appointment with Jesus. And when you have an appointment with Jesus, it doesn't matter what kind of demons are trying to take you out until you are exposed to the presence of a living and loving God. No demons can get rid of you until you've had an encounter with Jesus. They threw him. 
they threw. And, and I love Jesus's uh, 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 very subtle sense of humor here. Uh, do you mind if we go into the pigs? Here's what I think Jesus's implication is. I'm Jewish. I don't need pork. Y'all good. Y'all go right. Put that bacon in the water. I don't care. <laughs> right? This man is now clothing his right mind, right? And, and, and here, the people that are watching are like going, oh my gosh! You would think they would be saying, oh my gosh, about the deliverance of the man. They were seeing, they were saying, oh my gosh, about what was happening to their bacon. Because that was their industry. What, what happens when deliverance affects the economy? What happens to the pimp when the prostitute gets saved? What happens to the strip club when all the strippers get saved? What happens to the drug dealer uh, uh, when, when all the people that use the drugs get saved? What, what happens when Jesus' deliverance affects the economy of the people around you? Here's what the people said. You got to go. That's what they said to Jesus. He just came and, and delivered this man. And here's their response. Please, please leave. We'd rather have a naked, demon-possessed man and our money than to have some deliverance and find out what we need to do next. Uh, what happens? This guy's like, yeah, oh man, wow, I'm naked. But the next time they see him, he has clothes on. Now, I don't know if Jesus bought an outfit with him. I don't know if the, the rabbi and the disciples keep extra gear in a bag. I don't know if they had a duffel on the way to the other side of the lake. But the next time they see him, they, they, he is clothed and in his right mind. And that is scary to people that have already categorized you as crazy. That is scary to people that have already labeled you a drunk. That is scary to people that have already labeled you a liar. That is scary to people that have already put a label on you and now you're not where they last placed you in their mind. They get fearful. They did the same thing uh, uh, with Paul when he had his conversion. In Acts chapter number nine, when he had this marvelous conversion, he went to go preach and people was like this. I don't, I'm not saying amen. This might be a trick. As soon as you say amen, he gonna know you love Jesus and lock you up and want to kill. Right, right, they didn't know. Let me tell you something, the, the, based on your reputation, when you change, yeah. the after picture messes people up. Right. I, anybody beside me got a pass that when you look up to it, anybody done your tier year challenge, but if you showed that before picture, you would have a little drink in your hand. If you did that before picture, you had like a gun, stack of money and some weed in your hands. Some of y'all's before picture, you ain't even putting it out. You're like, just believe me, God's been good. Like you ain't don't even want to... You went back 10 years, you was like, not that one, not that one. Not, I, can't, I can't show none of these pictures. I, don't, I need to delete this archive off the cloud for somebody to find it and ruin my record. Right, right, right? Anybody beside me? Right? So, 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 so it changes. And he is so happy. He is like, I can't believe this is just amazing. My life is changing. <laughs> You're amazing. You've touched my life. I got to go with you. Let me get on this boat with you. I will be the 13th disciple, sir. You, <laughs> you see these, I've cut myself so many times. I'm not cut my, I, I, I could not get out of this 
situation and then you showed up and you did something for me I couldn't do for myself. I have to come with you. And Jesus says, no. <laughs> Jesus, aren't you trying to turn the whole world upside down? You need this dude. I mean, you got some good disciples, but ain't none of them got a testimony like this one. If you bring this dude back on the boat with you, you ain't got to heal another person. You get off that boat on the other side, and when somebody walks up to you, you be like, talk. I was naked in a tomb, and then I cut on myself. <laughs> something, so, something amazing was taking place here. Because if you go on to read through Mark chapter number five, he gets back on the boat and goes back to the other side of the lake. The only reason why he showed up was for this man. Listen to me. Doesn't matter what situation you're in, God will show up specifically for you. He did not do anything else in that region. He got as far as the shore, this man, and as soon as he did for this man what he needed to do, he got back on the boat and went back to the other side. When he went back to the other side, that's where he meets, meets uh, Jairus. That's where there's a healing of the woman with the issue of blood. That's where he goes in and, and, and says to uh, Jairus' daughter, Talitha Kumi, daughter, arise. And then he looks around and says, don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. Every time he did something in the region that he was in, he told him, don't tell anybody. Keep that to yourself. Don't tell anybody. Keep that in yourself. Mark's, Mark's account of the gospel says it more than all the other gospels combined. He was trying to keep it seemingly a secret. But there was two reasons why he was doing so. One was the Roman Empire. He did not want there to be an uproar over what he was doing to the point that the Romans would come and try to persecute the church for what was happening during this time. It would be no different than uh, sharing the gospel in China because it's a communist country. They have to do things on a very low key. They meet in the sides of caves in the mountains and people's arms grow back. And here's what they have to say. Don't tell anybody. Because we don't want to bring undue persecution from the Chinese government in a way that would make us shut down what God is doing here. So he tells them, don't share anybody because, because we don't want the Romans to go into an uproar. There's another reason why uh, he doesn't want uh, them to do it. And it's, be, it's because uh, of church people. <laughs> the church people are the ones that uh, continue to persecute and, and come against everything that Jesus is doing. They put it under Suspicion. So what he does with this man is he says, uh, I need to stretch my witness past the regions uh, that, that, that are under so much scrutiny. So I'm going over to the other side to a man who is a Gentile to go back to tell some regions exactly what I've did in a way that will be so compelling. They will be drawn and amazed by the narrative. He stretches his witness past the boundaries that were set for him. He's called to the lost sheep of Israel, but he knows that the gospel is meant for everybody. So he finds a person that, that can go into those regions without him having to go himself. Stay here. Go back and tell your family everything that's been done. If you're taking notes, you need to write three, these three points down under the header, three ways to stretch your witness. Are you ready? Point number one, don't be shocked by it, but I need, to, I need you to write this down. Don't share it with church people. If you want to stretch your witness in 2019, don't share it 
with church people. Now, let me define church people before you cast the person right next to you under suspicion. Let me define what a church person is. A church person is a, they are religious people who care more about the how, the where, and the who than they do the what. When you share your story with church people, you know they're churchy because they are poking holes in the validity of your story based on their religious framework. God just transformed my life. Where was it? Well, it was at a conference that was here last week. What, what denomination? Well, I think they were Baptists. That couldn't have been Jesus. Nuh-uh. You can't get saved in a Baptist church. They don't have it all together. I just got baptized during baptism weekend at Embassy City, and it was great. But did you go down in Jesus' name? Or did you go down in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? The worship at Embassy City is amazing. I bet it is. Do they use music, though? Because if they use music, it ain't true worship. I love getting up on Sunday mornings and worshiping God. Uh Uh-huh, I bet you do. But you know the Sabbath is Saturday. How come you ain't keeping it holy? See, religious people don't care about your transformation. They care more about who did it, how they did it, where they did it, than what happened to you. Stop sharing your testimony with people that turn it into a debate. Let that be your indication. You're not the person I should be talking to. Listen, here's what Jesus said. Don't come back with me because nobody's going to believe you. You could show them your scars. You could show them what happened. They'll be like, no, that's the effects of counseling, not transformation in Jesus. You have been going to counseling, right? Yeah. Well, that's not really Jesus. You just have a really good counselor. I thought the Holy Spirit was the counselor. And you didn't mean to tell me that when I'm in my hour session with my counselor that he can't speak through that counselor into me so I can get something on the other side? Leave church people alone. Stop sharing your story with people that turn it into a debate. Because there's a whole bunch of people that want to hear it that won't debate you. They'll be like, what? Say it again. Karen, come over here. Say that again. That what? You got to hear what this boy said. And then you cut yourself? Wait, wait. How long was you naked? I got to hear this again. Come over here. Here's the regions that he went into. He went to, because Decapolis means Deca is 10, Polis is cities. He went to 10 different cities. Think think about this. He just went around sharing his story. God is so good. Damascus, Rafana, Hippos, Abila, Gadara, uh, Scythopolis, Pella, Dion, Garasa, Philadelphia. Don't ask me how Philadelphia made the top 10. It just did. Okay. Don't know how Philly got in there. But Philly was representing, okay? Baltimore didn't make it. Philly did, okay? He went in there. He started sharing his story with the region, and everyone that heard it was amazed. If you're only sharing your story with other believers, make no mistake why they might not be amazed. You need some more people in your life that have no context to who Jesus is. They'll be absolutely amazed by your story, even if they're not ready to accept God. Can you imagine this man going back home to where he came from and and, and coming in and they're going, "Ah! Chris, don't be mad if your name is Chris and I just named this demon Chris. I'm not saying you have a demon. It's just a common name. All right. 
Chris, I cannot. Be- Yo, the last time I saw you is when I had my last birthday party, but then you went crazy and got naked, and then you just started running around. I just thought you were drunk, but then when you picked up my birthday cake knife and cut yourself instead of the cake, that's when I knew you was really crazy. And then you ran out. We never saw you again. We didn't know what happened. Were you the one that was in the cemetery all this time? Chris, you look great. But do you still have them scars? Chris was like, they right here. I'm not cutting no more. I've been transformed. Chris, what? This is amazing. They were all amazed because Jesus had sent him to a region that wasn't cynical to a message of transformation. We live in a culture right now that's so cynical, but there's still some people in Irving, there's still some people in Grand Prairie, in Richardson, in Carrollton. Mark the 10 cities right around you and share your story with them. Point number two, please write this down. Oh, oh, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. Let me just give you some simple math real quick so you can understand how to scale this. Uh, the DFW Metroplex has over 5,000 churches. Can we just pause right there? That's a lot of churches. <laughs> 5,000 churches in the DFW Metroplex. 5,000 it's a lot of churches. I remember when Jesus uh, 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 laid it on my heart to plant this church. I was like, why, though? Like, no. I don't want to plant a church. It, there's already enough churches, sir. I pull up to a stop sign, and there's a McDonald's, and there's a Wendy's, and there's a Jack in the Box, and there's a Burger King. At a stoplight, four corners got burgers on them. They're all burgers. Just pick one and eat it. McDonald's burger never looks like the picture. <laughs> Jack in the box is smooth trying to give you a heart attack. That's all they're trying to do. They're like, meat, cheese, bacon, eat it, die. Like, that's all they want. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm going to leave that alone. Wendy's is just unique. They have a square patty. Don't ask me how. You can't pat a patty and make it square. So they want to shape it for some reason. Somebody likes a square patty. I don't know why you like it. And then the Burger King people, they want it with lines on it. I don't know why, it's just a patty, but I got to see my lines. If it was just a case of a burger, go get a burger, blow the other three up. But everybody likes their burger a little bit differently. There are 7.4 million people in the DFW Metroplex. It would take the 5,000 churches, if I just round it nicely, it would take those 5,000 churches to have 1,500 people in them each for us to reach everybody that's in the Metroplex right now. So we actually need more churches. Here's the thing. We actually need more people to talk about the churches they are presently in. And if you don't like it, leave it. Including this one. If you found a way to be in this church for like six months and you've never told anybody about this church, you don't actually think that much of this church. And I'm not offended. You just need to go find the church that you cannot keep to yourself. You need to go find the church that you're like, oh, my God, I can't wait to. What you doing this weekend? You got to come with me. Where, where, Where? To church. I don't go to church. Come anyway. My church is amazing. Right. Just, and if this is not that church, then, then, then stop coming to this church and go find the church that you're going to feel that way about. Because I want to see the Metroplex one for Jesus Christ. And, and I just told you 7.4 million people are not going to fit in this church. They won't fit in Cowboy Stadium. And that's the biggest Pentecostal church in the DFW Metroplex. 
You do know Cowboy Stadium is a Pentecostal church. People show up, they get filled with the spirit. They go to yelling and clapping. But then they're disappointed because they can't go through the playoffs. Anyway, um, it's just that I was just trying to tell the truth about. It's okay. It's okay. If you love the Cowboys more than you love Jesus, you have an idol. Let that marinate too. Okay, 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 okay. Right? You should open up your mouth and be able to share what Jesus is doing through you. Point number two, please write this down. Tell them what Jesus has done. Please, oh, please, please, please. Tell them what Jesus has done in your life. Here's what it says in Revelations chapter number 12, verse number 11. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life so much that they were afraid to die. Now that verse right there is potent because they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. It did not say they, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and a bachelor's in theology. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and a master's in biblical studies. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and, and, and a doctorate in theology. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the online course I'm taking on Old Testament Hebrew. No, no, no. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That's the story you can know right now. Well, Tim, are you diminishing uh, 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 what, what good uh, theology can do? Or are you telling people that you don't want them to understand the word? No, no, no. I'm not saying that you should, but it should just inform your story. It should not trump the story. Here's, here's some things practical that I want to give you so that you can understand this. A, a baby can talk before it can spell. Right? Dad, dad, mama, apple. Could you imagine walking up to that little, little baby boy, baby girl, when they say apple and you saying, you can't have one until you spell it? No, 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 because you, you can say it, you need to spell it. That's how, people try to sh this how, that's how people try to attack your testimony. Well, I've had a, I've had a life transformation uh, with Jesus and, and, I, and I've not been the same person. Well, do you know that some of the manuscripts in the New Testament? I, I don't actually know that, but I know my life has been changed. Well, well, do you know uh, uh, what the Torah means? I, mm, I, you know what? I didn't really, I haven't got there yet. I, it's only been three weeks, so I was just trying to, there is a discipleship class that I'm supposed to go to, and I just haven't got there yet, but, but what I have been through uh, is absolutely valid. Not, not until you can tell me about the eschatological views of Revelation and, 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 and pinpoint a season of when he's coming back, because there's been 14 blood moons already. You know what? I'ma just, right? Like, you gotta leave. A baby can talk before they can spell. A baby can count before it can add. Listen, witnesses are called to testify. That's right. they, do not, they do not have to know the Dallas Penal Code to testify. They do not have to be versed legally on the particulars of a case to testify. They show up, they swear in, they sit down and they tell what they saw. They tell what they've experienced. Witnesses are not prosecutors. They're witnesses for a reason because they just get to tell their story. We already have a judge. 
corrupt prosecutor. His name is Satan. He's the accuser of the brethren. But we got a better defense attorney than we have a prosecutor that's trying to come against us. And all we have to do is testify. I know I'm guilty. But that same guy that's on my defense team actually went to the cross, hung up there, bled and died and was rose again just so I can stand here and testify of who he is. Share your story because it's your story and nobody can come against your story. Here's what it says in uh, uh, Acts chapter number one, verse eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. That's all he wants you to be. His witness, telling people about me everywhere. Here comes the scale in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's what he's saying. Here's what you're going to do. The Holy Spirit's going to give you power. And here's what you're going to do with that power. You're going to go be my witness. You're going to tell people about me everywhere. That means there's some people that need to hear it that don't know it yet. They don't even know they need to hear it. Until you start talking, they're like, really? Tell me more. Point number three, please write this down. Be gracious and attractive with your words. Some of us are just really bad witnesses. You ever seen a bad witness take the stand? Right, the, the way they present themselves, the way they talk, just blows the whole case, right? The defense or the prosecutor just rolling their eyes. No, why you? <laughs> We rehearsed this 14 times and then you got up there and then you were just like, you swear in. <laughs> do you promise to tell the whole truth and, 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 and all of that? So help me, God. Yes, I do. Sit down. What did you see? Well, listen. It was dark. It was dark. But it looked like him. You know, I heard something at my gate. I looked through the window, and it was that dude right there. But you just said it was dark. I know it was dark, but I got real good vision. Just the way I look. You know, my mama always said I had eyes like a cat. The whole, the jury, everybody's like, this, mm -mm, this is not. Listen, you need to work on your story. It, it, it needs to be a story that's attractive to people. Here's what it says in Colossians verses four and five. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. That word attractive in the Greek literally means seasoned with salt. Listen, I'm from California, born and raised. Before I got saved, when, when, when there was a cute young lady that I wanted to talk to, uh, uh, if, if another one of my friends tried to talk to the same young lady, we, we would call that throwing salt in your game. There's like 15 of you that's like throwing salt <laughs> in your game. It's good to know, good to know. Right? Or more modern, you might call it running interference or something. But, but, but back in the day, man, don't throw salt in my game. I was trying to talk to her. Be, be, because salt does two primary things. It changes things. Always. And it preserves things. When I go to Chick-fil-A, I get extra salt on those waffle fries. Those waffle fries are anointed all by themselves. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. 
but I dare you in the spirit to go through that drive-through and or go into that thing and ask for a large waffle fry and ask for extra salt. See what happens. Salt changes things. In the conversations you need to be having with non-church people who are unbelievers, you need to be throwing salt into that conversation. You just need to change the trajectory of the conversation. They could be coming in mad about the government shutdowns. So sick of this administration. <laughs> Throw some salt in there. But Jesus is a provider. Yes. I understand the government's crazy, but the government is on his shoulders. Yeah. And he is the source. This is all a resource. He's going to provide for every single person until this thing starts. You could just change. <laughs> Throw some salt on the conversation. Salt changes it. And salt also preserves there's, there's too much arguing and bickering in the body of Christ. We, we, we need to be throwing the type of salt that preserves relationships. We need to be throwing the type of salt that preserves uh, 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 relationships when they could break down, but we're coming in with the heart of Jesus Christ going, I, I still want to make sure that we can have a relationship. You need to preserve relationships with people that don't agree with you. Find a way to like them just so you can keep shining the light of Jesus Christ and melting their faces off. I love doing, I love finding people that don't believe like I do. I just throw salt on them. And they change. Yeah. I have, I have a, a, a Muslim friend right now, every time he sees me, he's like, Mr. Tim, you have to pray for me, Mr. Tim. Mr. Tim, oh, Mr. Tim. I don't want to make God angry. And I, and I go try to talk to my imam, but, but, but he, he doesn't reach me like you do. So I always share my stuff with you because, Mr. Tim, I just need you to pray for me because something, you, you, your connection with God. I just call you baby Jesus because when you talk to God. He's a devout Muslim, but he, but he likes when I pray for him. That guy's really close to the kingdom. I'm going to preserve that relationship. Just in case he has a good old dream like all these Muslims have been having in the Middle East. And he wakes up with a revelation of Jesus. The next time I see him, he's going to be like, Mr. Tim. <laughs> I need to talk to you for a second, Mr. Tim. I think your God just came to visit me. It could happen. I'm praying for it to happen. But the salt preserves the relationship so that I can be in place when that conversation gets ready to happen. I'll be there. It's not, oh, you a Muslim. <laughs> Well, you better, you better get a revelation or you're going to bust hell wide open. <laughs> you, you are the worst type of salt <laughs> on earth. You are the dead sea. <laughs> Stuff flows into you and it dies because it can't go anywhere else. I'm going to stop. Just be who he called you to be. Share the story in a way that, that, that compels people. We, we were um, at a conference on Friday. My friend Mike Todd was in. He had to speak in Denton. I live in Denton. It was too easy. I went to the thing. So he preached at this conference, and afterward, we go to Seven Mile Cafe. He's on a 21-day fast. I am not. <laughs> so, 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 so we needed to, to reconcile our dietary differences in a way that they could get what they needed and I could get what I wanted. 
And so we went to the Seven Mile Cafe because the Seven Mile Cafe has a lot of vegan uh, options. And uh, uh, what they discovered is that Tulsa is just not as anointed as the DFW Metroplex because they have no place like uh, Seven Mile Cafe in Tulsa. So they went crazy. They saw vegan burgers. They saw vegan waffles. They saw vegan pancakes. They just thought they were going to have to eat a salad like Daniel. They didn't even know that the, all these vegan options were available. They had the most mismatched order you have ever seen in your whole life. They had a salad, a burger, a waffle, pancakes. They had everything that was vegan. They're like, we're just going to try it all. Because when we get back, we're going to be really fasting again, right? The, the waitress, uh, Claire, who, who had, uh, had been there a couple of weeks before and had already started to pray over and kind of sow a seed into, we came in uh, again, and she, she came up to the table. And she, was like, she was like, you know what? Me and the rest of the, 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 the wait staff have just been sitting over there in a the huddle asking ourselves, how are all three of you so beautiful? And I'm like, do I get her now, God? Like, my salt shaker was out. I'm like, I will. I will dash her now. You give me the go sign, Jesus. I will, ha, I will get her now. Jesus says, hold on. No, no, no. Holy Spirit, don't, no, no, no. Don't do that yet. So, so we're like, oh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. And so we eat the rest of our food. And right when we're about to leave, I'm waiting for the bill. And she comes up and she says, uh, there were two gentlemen at another table. They paid for your food. I was like, that's so great. But then I was like, Claire, how are we going to tip you? She was like, no, you guys are just so beautiful. It doesn't even matter. Just thank you so much. So Mike and I walk out with his brother, Brentham, and we walk out to the car and we're like, mm -mm, we got to get Claire. And I was like, I think I got a 20 in my uh, um, uh, console. And, and, and he goes, I got some cash too. So we come back, we find Claire, and we give her this money, right? And, and, and she takes the money. And she's like, what are you guys doing? And we we're like, Claire, we just had to give you a tip. And, and, and then she started weeping. I started getting really, really uh, uh, wet. And then we both gave her a hug. And we were like, we just believe God. <laughs> gotcha, Claire. We just believe God wanted you to know that you are loved today, girl. And she is like, <laughs> She didn't fall in the floor in a puddle and give her life to Jesus right then. But there's some salt on her. There's a bunch of waffle fries in the DFW Metroplex. I'm going to preach this thing. That needs some salt. And if you keep this to yourself, don't be mad at the fact that we have a bland world. This church will only grow when the people on your row get salty. And we're going to make it easy for you. I'm about to wrap this up, but when you walk out of this place today, you're going to pick up a card. The card has the information of our church on one side, and it says one and done on the other side. This is our invite card. When people, you give it to somebody, you say, hey, I want to invite you to my church. And they're going to say, what is this one and done? You only have to come one time and you're done. You never have to come back again. But you have to come at least once. And then you're done. If you don't come, I'm going to stalk you <laughs> until you do. Because it's one time. You've been on a one scary ride and you, you've tried everything at least once. I don't go to church. Come once. You never have to come back, but you have to come at least one time and then you're done. I believe our church is going to grow this year because we get saltier. Yeah. Not because 
we have YouTube or we have a great podcast or the worship's great, but because you share your story and you're able to connect with them in a way that I never could. So everybody do this. Come on, Trent. Do it again. You're going to stretch your witness this week. This week. You're going you're gonna to share your story with somebody who's never heard it. You have somebody in the cubicle next to you that's been waiting for a little bit of your salt. Put it on them. And watch things change. Put it on them. And watch things preserve. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.